a broken and a contrite heart will God accept a sacrifice that is without blemish will God accept what kind of a sacrifice will God accept the sacrifice that pleases the king is a sacrifice that comes from a heart that is pure before God a sacrifice that has no blemish thank you holy spirit a sacrifice that has no blemish hallelujah the sacrifice that has no blemish hallelujah thank you holy spirit thank you lord thank you lord every single person is expected to bring a sacrifice before god but a sacrifice has to be acceptable to god acceptable to god acceptable to god hallelujah thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit god not only did not have regard for Cain's offering or sacrifice but he did not have regard for Cain as a result of the offering that he offered because the offering that Cain offered and Cain's heart and his attitude were not separable you can't separate Cain from Cain's offering you can't separate Abel from Abel's offering what we offer to the Lord comes from the inward person that is within us when God rejects the offering he rejects the person that's why God's word clearly says he did not have regard not only for the offering of Cain but he didn't have regard for king thank you jesus thank you jesus no other sacrifice will please the king we can't buy god with money we can't buy god with flowery words we can't buy god with our appearance we can buy god with anything god sees us right through where man cannot see god sees he sees the beauty and he sees the ugliness what god sees no man can see only the spirit of god who reveals the hearts and minds of searches the hearts and minds sees everything for he is called the candle of the lord he goes inside and he exposes that which is hidden in darkness when that light comes in it exposes what's hidden in darkness two things happen when light comes in when light comes in darkness leaves but it also exposes what's in there The spirit of God is recorded in the book of John. And a lot of people were not too happy with Jesus. 
They sat in darkness, and when Jesus came, light came. And their deeds were exposed. Because their deeds were exposed, they got mad at Jesus. He was crucified for doing that which was right. He was crucified for speaking that which was right. But he rose again victoriously. No more to be on the cross. No more to be found in the grave. But he had power over death and power over all those who crucified him. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. What type of sacrifice are we bringing to God? Are we bringing to God with blemish? Are we coming to the presence of God with blemish? John the Baptist said, Bring forth fruit unto repentance. The axe head is kept at your root. Bring forth fruit unto repentance. Because God is at the door. The judgment of God is at the door. Bring forth fruit unto repentance. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. As we come into the presence of God, we have to come with the fear of God. When we enter the house of God, we have to enter with fear and reverence to God. When we give to God, we have to give with fear and reverence to God. When we praise Him, we have to praise Him with fear and reverence for the Almighty God. When we talk to the living God, it has to be with fear and reverence. There should be no blemish in what we bring to God. Present your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable God. Holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. How can you present your bodies as living sacrifice with sin in it? How can you present yourself to God with sin in it? That's why the Lord says, Cleanse your hearts, ye double-minded people. Put away your sins. Then I will be a, I'll be your God and you shall be my people. When we come to the presence of God, we have to come with true brokenness and say, Lord, I'm truly broken. And how will God know that you're truly broken? He will see the fruit of that brokenness, which is your action. When we truly repent, the action will show us if we've truly repented or not. When we come with a broken heart, our actions will show if we're really broken or we're not. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We don't want to be in the category where people say, Lord, Lord, Lord. He spoke in tongues, Lord. Even demons speak in tongues. Lord, Lord, Lord. We prophesied. Oh, demons prophesy. You have a lot of false prophets in the Bible. The prophesied who led Israel astray. Lord, Lord, Lord. We did healings. Demons do too. False miracles. Lord, 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 Lord. 
we did this. God will say this. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What is he looking for? Your works. What is God looking for? Your works. Do you have the fruit? Do you have the fruit of repentance? Do you have the fruit to match your words? Do you have the fruit to match your worship? Do you have the fruit to match your giving? Do you have the fruit to match your testimony? Do you have the fruit unto repentance? Thank you, Jesus. It's a question every single person must answer. Because suddenly, if your time on earth is over, suddenly, you don't want to be standing outside the gate where God says, Depart from me. Every single believer in our church should be aware of this. Every single one. The worst place for a believer of our church, especially having all this, to be found is outside. Outside the gate. Outside the gates of heaven. God saying, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What you did was iniquity. Your works were unrighteous. Depart from me. Your fruit showed unrighteousness. Depart from me. I was not in anything you did. I was not in anything you did. That's the worst place to be in. Lord, I did this, I did that. Who are you doing it for? For yourself? What were your prayers for? About yourself? What were your talk was about? About yourself? What was your worship about? Yourself? What was your life about? Yourself? Self equals Lucifer. Self competes with God Almighty. Self always tries to take the place of God. The self is strong. It's a very strong indication Satan is really let loose in their lives. May the Lord speak to your hearts at this hour to a self-check to see how much of self you have. No amount of singing, no amount of worship, no amount of having box up, no amount of giving will get our way into heaven. If God calls you today, this moment, something happens and the clock stops and you're called, make sure you don't gamble with the eternity, make sure you're not found with the people who will be found outside the gate of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is at the door. Judgment begins at the house of God. The Lord is at the door. The Lord is at the door. Thank you, Jesus. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, is going about looking to see whom he may devour. Satan is very active. 
the lives of all those who have the doors wide open with no fear of whatsoever what Satan would do God is speaking to our hearts this hour once the head of the lamb or the sheep goes into the mouth of the lion we have to understand game over as the states of every wandering sheep once it goes into the mouth of the lion it's over it's over no matter how the lamb tries to wiggle its leg or its legs it can't come out it's over God is speaking to our hearts at this hour be sober the first mark of someone sliding down is looseness that comes in their lives carelessness the sobriety spiritual sobriety godly sobriety that should be there is gone or it's gradually decreasing be vigilant God's word says God says through his word be vigilant when will the enemy be able to attack may you not careful what does being careful mean being careful is the Lord says in his word be diligent to do everything I've told you to do be diligent be diligent make sure whatever the Lord has told you to do what you're doing be sober don't let your guard down be sober don't become irreverent in the house of God don't become irreverent in the presence of God don't become irreverent in anything that you do for God be sober be vigilant be watchful don't become casual when it comes to things of God because your adversary that means your enemy he's circling around you looking to see how he can finish you how he can bring an end to what God has begun in your life always remember your faith in God which began through the mercy of God needs to be sustained by God continued by God blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy in what measure you measure exactly that measure will be measured back to you to what standard you hold and you judge you'll be judged the same way God is speaking to our hearts at this hour the judge is at the door 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 don't be found wanting in this balance 
don't be found wanting in his balance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever area God is bringing before you, every single person here, whatever area God is bringing before you, make sure you take it very seriously. Be diligent. Be quick to obey. Be quick to listen. Thank you, Jesus. The fear of the Lord will keep you from all the snares. That's what it says. True fear of the Lord will cause the person to escape all the snares of the enemy. The foolish will go fall right into it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts at this hour. No other sacrifice will please the King. No other sacrifice. Our lives must be holy. Holy before the living God. Present your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this hour. Thank you for the presence that is here. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for your Spirit who is working in us, within us, in the midst of us. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you will continue to speak to our hearts. You are faithful. You are true. You are just. And you are kind. And I thank you, Lord, that you are here. Continuing to do a work of sanctification in the midst of Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, we lay ourselves at your feet and we say, Jesus, do a deeper work. Do a deeper work in the lives of your people. Father, magnify Jesus at this hour. Spirit of the living God, exalt Jesus Christ at this hour. And I pray, Lord, that you bring down your word that you want to give to your people at this hour. And I thank you for doing this. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind those demonic spirits in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you will give your people eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, 
and hearts to obey what the Spirit of God has for people at his own. Every demonic spirit that is trying to twist the Word of God in the minds of the people, I curse those in Jesus' name. Lord, let your Word be locked into the hearts of your people. Let it take deep root, O God. And thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name. I command the devourer to leave in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to take you through a few scriptures that the Spirit of the Lord wants me to, so I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, from verse 1 onwards. Now Adam knew his wife, Eve. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. I'm going to stop right here and take you to verse 1 again. Adam and Eve, they received a child from God, their firstborn. And the Bible says that she named Cain. as somebody given from God, a man, a man-child, a son that God gave. God gave Cain to Adam and Eve. God, God didn't create him as a murderer. God didn't create him as a jealous man. God didn't create him as a rebel. God didn't. What happened to Cain here? How is he walking in the exact footsteps of his mother who listened to the devil, of his father who listened to the devil, who lost everything that God had given them. Now it's another chance God has given, but not in the same place. They're outside the garden. They've inherited God's curse. That's what happens. We have to understand. A lot of times we hear a lot of messages on forgiveness and grace, which is good. But little do we hear about the consequences. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have to understand there are consequences for actions. We have to not forget that. That's why it's so important for us to make sure that we think before we do anything. We make sure that whatever we're doing lines up with what the Lord has spoken to us because God's Word protects us. God's Word preserves us. Whatever God tells us to do is our own protection. We saw that last week. God told Adam and Eve something. He gave them a command to protect them. 
but they transgressed and fell because they chose not to trust what God said. They chose to listen to what Lucifer said through the serpent. And because of that, they fell. We must understand, God didn't create the serpent and said that serpent is Satan. No. Satan was, serpent was a creation of God. Just like how God created lion and tiger, giraffe, serpent was also a creation of God that God created. God didn't create the serpent to become a cursed animal. No. That was not the intention. When God created, the Bible says, He saw everything in its perfection. He said, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. But how did the serpent become like that? When God created Adam and Eve, it was good. How did they become like that? What a pain to God. How did they turn out to be like that? God gave Cain to Adam and Eve. How did he turn out to be like that? Something to think about. A lot of people think about, how did I become like that? How? The choice that you make determines what you become. Who you listen to is very important. Just like the serpent was there and Satan entered into that serpent and spoke through that serpent. It's not that Satan directly came and stood before Eve, no. Satan entered into the serpent who was fully available to be used by Satan. That means that animal made a choice to partner with Lucifer in order to bring down another creation of God, which was Eve. Eve partnered with Lucifer by partnering with the serpent and brought down Adam who also got deceived because he also chose to listen to Eve who was at that point filled with whatever Satan said so operating through that serpent spirit and then you have the serpent who was filled with the devil where the devil was working through the serpent when you look at the consequences, you don't see God going and cursing Satan, no. God cursed the serpent, God cursed Adam, and God cursed Eve. Because Satan is already determined to be destroyed. But all those who partner with Satan, all come under the curse of God. Now you have Adam and Eve, Yes, forgiven, but they're operating under the curse of God. It's a curse that is looming over their heads. You have the serpent over there. That's why we see the snake. Now, how it is, it's a cursed animal. And it's always used in the Bible to represent Satan because the creature gave itself over to the devil and the devil uses it all the time. Satan is called the serpent now. To that extent, became one. And all those who have affinity with serpents and has a 
people who have like a pull and a drawing towards creatures like snakes have something seriously wrong in them spiritually seriously wrong when a person opens the door to the devil the devil enters in it doesn't stop there it goes and it corrupts the next person that's how corruption happens it corrupts the next person it corrupts the next person now you have a child that is born to the parents who are under the curse of god and that child has the choice to be free from the curse by obeying god Do you know what he makes a choice just like his mother just like his father to listen to the serpent every time you choose choose wisely god is not god is not going to give you an angry spirit if you have an angry spirit understand that you have an evil spirit that is operating inside of you it's sitting well god is not going to give you a suspicious spirit if you have a suspicious spirit you have a suspicious spirit spirit sitting inside operating out of you guess what it's never going to stop there that angry spirit suspicious spirit bitter spirit is going to attack the next person who is the target who is the next believer let me make them bitter too let me make them suspicious let me make them fall too people think i can do this well god will forgive me he's so nice they forget that forgiven but under the curse no believer should go under any curse of god so while the parents under the curse you have a child that is born and the child is called Cain and now the parents who have acquired this man child from god name him Cain they name him Cain saying that we have received him from god they are the understanding that this is from god how did this came who came from god as a blessing to the parents we're now receiving the blessing but still under the curse we need to understand this this is a very deep truth that the spirit of the lord is speaking to our hearts today they're getting blessed but they still have a curse over their head now they're rejoicing for having this child we got this gift from god something is seriously wrong with this picture because the first son chose 
to listen to the voice of Satan, to fall from grace just like his parents did. Except this one became more bold. Parents, when they did something, they hid themselves. They had that fear. The fear of God. The son? No. No fear. They became very bold. We're going to read a few more verses and see what happened. What went wrong. And how to avoid that trap of the enemy. Very important. Verse 2. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Abel is taking care of the sheep. Cain is taking care of the gardening. Nothing wrong with it. So far, so good. They each have a job to do, different from the other. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to God. Obviously, God the Father has instituted this in the beginning of mankind. That offering to God is very important. What God gives to us. We have to bring to God. From what God gives to us. This is offering. Different from tithing. What we see. Abraham will offer tithes. Tithes are different from offering. As believers. Tithes and offerings need to go to God. Now Cain is bringing an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Offering is a free will offering. You decide what you give to God. Now Cain is deciding from the fruit of the ground, that's the vegetables or the fruit, whatever it is, whatever he worked with, he's getting a portion and he's bringing to God. Verse 4, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat. Verse 4. You see the difference here. One brought an offering from the fruit of the ground. The other is taking the best that he had to bring to God. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. We must understand when we do it right before God, God will not only respect your offering, He'll respect you. God will have regard for you. God will have regard for what you're giving. It's very important. For God to honor a person is not a light thing. It's not a light thing. God had respect to Abel and his offering because he saw his heart. He saw that Abel had reverence for God. Abel had faith in God. I'm taking this God. And he said, I'm going to take the best. I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give the best. And he's taking this. And he is going to God. Now you have Cain. See the contrast here. Verse 5 is very important. Very important. 
God didn't leave that out. God didn't just say, oh, the Lord respected Abel and his offering and that's it. No. You see a difference here. You see a contrast here. If someone says, everybody is the same, what everybody does is the same, and God doesn't, you know, uh, look at, you know, who you are, and um, God doesn't have, you know, uh, regard for one person or the other, they're lying. That's not the scripture. You see a comparison going from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of the Bible. But God is looking for people who have faith equals loyalty to God equals obedience to God. What do we do if we know that this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? We're going to really take care. We're going to really prepare. That's what Abel did. That denotes Abel's faith. What Cain did also denotes Cain's faith and reverence for God. What happened? Cain had no reverence for God and God did not respect Cain and his offering. Both are linked together. God did not respect Cain and his offering. It means God respected one and did not respect the other. You see the same thing in the New Testament where Jesus says this. Two people came to the temple. Both of them prayed. One is a Pharisee and another one is a sinner. One said, oh, I do this, I do this, I give the offering, you know, I fast and pray, I do all of these things and, and look how I'm righteous, I'm not like this person. What is that? Self-righteous spirit. What else? Putting down the next person, I'm better than this person, I'm not like this person. You know what happens? At that moment, you turn God away from you. He just says, I can't stand this. this is this a stench? Is this a prayer? And he goes to who? The man who is concerned about himself. That's why God says in his word, you hypocrite, look at the plank in your eye. Before you look at the speck in somebody else's eye, look at the log that you have in your eye. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. God had regard for Abel, and he had disregard for Cain. So what happened? Verse 5. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Cain didn't feel bad because the way he brought it to God was wrong, no. He felt bad and angry because the other person was favored and he was not. He got angry at who? God. That's not going to go well. That's not going to go well. That's never going to go well. Verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. What is God doing here? Before God can judge a person, 
God comes out of His mercy to correct a person. God didn't have to come and talk to Cain and ask him, Why are you angry? A lot of times when the Spirit of the Lord speaks, and He speaks in a nice way, people think that they can take advantage of God and rebel and do whatever they want to do to their own destruction. God is asking Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? That means what? You didn't do well. Who is the one who grades you? You know, there are some people who say, Well, I passed the test. Who are you to say if you passed the test or not? God has to say, Well, I did well. There's a problem right there. God has to say. The Bible says, Let not your own mouth praise you. Let another man's mouth praise you. For us, God should praise us. God's word should confirm our works. That's the evidence of God working in us and through us. But Cain was angry. Not only did he do wrong by offering to God what was not acceptable to God, but now he is, he's fighting with God. He's upset. He's jealous against his brother. And he is angry at God. May God speak to our, speak to our hearts of this hour. These are the traps of Satan. Satan sets up for those who are created by God and given by God to the parents. Cain was given by God to Adam and Eve not to go down this path but to live a godly life, a blessed life. But he chose the path of destruction. Many people are in hell today not because God sent them, because they sent themselves to hell. Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? God is asking this question. If you did it right, I would have received you too because God is not partial. Now there are people, students who don't study, they fail the exam and they look at the person who got a hundred and, and they are burning with anger. Really? You partied and the other person didn't party and he studied. Now you burn. Is it right? No. No. That's only going to take them down. That's what Cain did. He didn't do well. He did wrong. He got a zero. Now he's angry at the one who got a hundred. And God, instead of punishing him, he comes to him to make him look at himself so that he can fix it. This is how loving our God is. Never take the grace of God for granted. Never take God's correction for granted. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects, but won't happen forever. God came and corrected Cain. He said, what you did was wrong, son. Fix it. How do you fix it? Go and do it right. If you do it right, you'll be accepted. If you don't do it, sin lies at your door. That means you will not be forgiven. 
very bad place to be in. You will not be forgiven. Sin lies at the door. What sin? What sin is God talking about? Sin of irreverence. Sin of falling short. Sin of giving God something that is not acceptable to God. Sin will lay at your door. And if desire is for you, but you should rule over it. What is he saying? This is not going to go well. It's going to overpower you. But you should overpower it. Do you have the strength for it if you live in disobedience? We saw this last week through the Spirit of God. If you don't submit to God, you cannot resist the devil. You'll be fooling yourself. All your prayers won't go past the ceiling. It won't. It won't go past the four walls. You bring that which is acceptable to God. And Jesus talks about this in the New Testament. Before you even bring that offering, make sure your attitude is right. Before you even open your mouth and pray and raise your hands, make sure your heart is right. Make sure you have everything set right. If not, leave your gift at the altar and go. Reconcile first. Before that, don't come to my presence. That's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did he say that? Because he says, don't bring anything with blemish. And he's telling us even how to come to the presence of God. This is how good God is. He says, this is how you come. This is why we have Saturday fasting prayer. Make sure. Prepare yourselves before you come to the house of God. This is why we have the morning calls. This is why we have the Tuesday Bible studies. The Lord speaks every single time. To cleanse us, to purify every single person. So that your personal prayer will be heard. Your family prayer will be heard. Whatever you do for God will be acceptable. So there's a purging that takes place during the morning call. There's a purging that takes place during the Bible study. There's a purging that takes place during the fasting prayer. But the Spirit of God will bring to light all the creepy, crawly stuff inside. And He'll say, there's what is there. If you want to be accepted, don't do this and do this. Very simple, isn't it? Very simple instruction was given to Cain. What did he do? What did Cain do? Do you know the same Cain spirit is working in the lives of many believers? Full of complaints that will not do anything that God tells them to do. Will not. Instead, they become more murderous. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. Not a good thing. And if desire is for you, what's, what is going to happen? If sin lies and it's trying to overpower, what's going to happen? You can't live. Now you have to rule over it. How can you rule over it? Cain, how can you rule over it? You can't. If you live in disobedience, if you don't bring an acceptable offering, if you don't do what God is telling you to do, how will you have the strength to overpower that which is at your door? If you do that which is right before God, then sin is not going to be at your door. You don't have to deal with it, first of all. But if those who are in rebellion, sin lies at the door. And what is it doing at the door? It tries to overpower you. It will overpower you. Because it's after you. 
is after you to destroy you. The very thing that you let in your life against God will be the very thing that will take you down to the depths of hell. Its desire will be for you. What is its desire? To devour you. But you should rule over it. Interesting, isn't it? God is stating a fact over here. He says, how can you rule over something that is so strong? And something that you don't want to deal with. It's sitting at your door. It's waiting to kill you and it's overpowering you. It has a strong desire. What is a strong desire? Sin. With sin. The very sin that you allowed and you entertained and you kept. Now it's grown as a monster. What is it doing? It's following you wherever you go. Wherever you go, it'll go after you. No peace. There's no peace to those who live in sin. But you should rule over it. How will you rule over it? How will you rule over something that's more powerful than you? You can completely get it away from you by repenting and doing what God tells you to do. Then that sin will not be there. It's not going to desire you because it's not even there in the lives of those who repent. Repent is not only asking forgiveness, but doing what they should do. That means fixing what they should fix. That means doing what God has told them to do. That's what repentance is. Not saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, and I feel terrible, and I did this, and I don't want to ever do it again, but don't do a thing about it to fix it. Sin lies at your door, and it's desires for you, but you should rule over it. Terrible, terrible, terrible. What did Cain do? It can't say, oh, Lord, forgive me. I'll fix it. I'm so sorry, Lord, for being so foolish in bringing such an offering to you. For bringing something that is unworthy before you. Lord, forgive me for bringing something that's not acceptable to you. Lord, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to go get the best and I'm going to bring it before you. It would have solved it, right? That's how it should have turned out to be. When God came and gave him the solution, what did Cain do? This is what the spirit of Cain will do. We'll rebel against the love of God. We'll rebel against the grace of God. We'll rebel against the solution God gives. And what will it do? It will go after what God said it will go against what God said not to do it will completely drop out what the Lord said to do now the focus is off of Cain, Cain's focus is not on Cain who's Cain focusing on what did God tell him to do, Cain you need to fix yourself, but instead what is Cain doing Cain is focusing on Abel this is called Cain's spirit. Many people are very familiar with Jezebel's spirit. It's like all over the place. People who have Jezebel's spirit will say somebody else has Jezebel's spirit. That's all they know. That's how little most people know. There are many spirits. Cain's spirit is one of them. What does it do? It takes the eyes off of oneself. 
And God says, you have a problem. He says, who are you to tell me I have a problem? I don't have a problem. I'm fine. They're standing before the judge of all judges and saying that, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. The foolishness, the folly of Cain. No one should fall into that trap. When God comes out of His mercy and says, fix it, otherwise it's going to be bad for you. Fix it. When you don't fix it, sin will be at your door. And it will come after you with greater strength. You won't have the power to rule over when you think that I can, no. It will take over you before you know. That's what happened. He didn't fix it. When he fixed, when he didn't fix it, what happened? It went after him with a greater force. From anger, it went into murder. That's how forceful sin desired to rule over Cain. And it did. It succeeded because Cain had no power. He let sin stay at his door. And it became very powerful because Cain did not do what God told him to do. He did not repent. Instead, verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother and it, became, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. What did he do? He talked with Abel. And what is he doing? While he's talking, his mind is preparing to kill him. He's talking with his brother. While he's talking, he's a murderer at heart. And he killed him. The Bible says, if you carry anger in your heart, you're a murderer. You're a murderer. Cain murdered evil. Then God speaks again. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? Not a good question. Where is Abel, whose brother? Your brother. Abel is your brother. Came from Adam and Eve. What is God asking? What have you done to your brother? It's your brother. It's your brother. What have you done to him? And again, Cain says this to God Almighty. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? You see how delusion sets in and how the foolishness of the person becomes more and more obvious. He doesn't even know what a fool he is. When he speaks, foolishness comes out. But he thinks he's wise. He thinks he's playing smart before God, saying that, Well, I know. Look at the nerve. It's a very uh, obvious sign of someone who is ready to be destroyed. When they speak like this to God, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Look at the arrogance. 
because God came and spoke softly last time. He thought he can come and pour his arrogance to God Almighty. And he said, What have you done? This is not the voice that came before with a lot of love. Why is your face like this? Why are you angry? Do it right. Fix it. And God will bless you. If you don't fix it, this will happen. And it was a warning, but it was a warning with a different tone. Now the voice of God is very different. You saw about this last week. God is love and God is a consuming fire. When he turns into a consuming fire, woe to that man, woe to the woman who can stand before the wrath of God. Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Anytime God comes and speaks, he knows what is going on. The worst thing someone can do is stand there and justify. Even the little mercy God wants to show will be taken away. Over. And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. It didn't stop there. Now God didn't say, Well, if you do well, you know you will no. Now the curse of God is coming, just like how it came upon his mother and father. He's not only he has not only inherited his parents' curse. Now he has his own curse from God. God says this, Now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. At least for Adam, the curse was, you really have to work hard and something will come now. That's not even going to happen for you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. If he would have repented, he would have been well. But he didn't do that. Instead, he started going and doing more evil only to inherit the curse of God upon his life, the wrath of God. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Really? After all that you've done? See how strong the self is? It's all about me. It's not that I killed my brother, my brother's suffering. No. 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 That's how wicked self is. Always me. Look at me, I'm the victim. Look at me, this is what happened to me. Look at me, look, it's ugly, disgusting, repulsive to God Almighty. Demonic. Because it's demonic, it has that foul order. Because it's demonic, it's very repulsive to God. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. Isn't that interesting? A murderer. Concerned about someone, someone else killing him. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone 
finding him should kill him. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. God didn't reverse the curse. God just said, if someone touches you, this what will happen to them. That's about it. And God put a mark on him. What is that mark? Curse. Cursed man is walking around with a curse upon him. A cursed person walking around with a curse upon him. Not only generational curse, his own curse. Look at Abel. Even though Abel had a generational curse, Abel was someone who found favor in the sight of God, who didn't live for himself. My was time to go to the presence of God, he knew how to honor God, how to reverence God. And because of that, he was beloved in the sight of God. God came and spoke up for Abel to Cain. If we walk with God, if we live a life that is pleasing to God, then God will come and avenge us of our enemies. God will come and take vengeance of our enemies. And when God takes action, it's not going to be good for the enemy. The most important point here is we better be on the Lord's side. Not on the enemy's side. Better be on the Lord's side. To what extent God showed mercy and he proved himself to be unworthy of the mercy of God that no one in this church become that that no one in this church become that may the love of Christ be seen even after receiving a, a sloppy sacrifice God still comes and talks to Cain he didn't have to he could have said you have no regard for me I have no regard for you get away from my face he didn't say that he came to him and he said this is how you do it to fix it this is how loving our God is but he took advantage of that love he started acting smart before God only to display his foolishness as a result of that, sin took over him in a multiplied manner. From one level of sin, his sin increased to manyfold. What happened as a result? Instead of being a blessing to his family, he became a curse. Who became a curse? This gift that came from God, that gift became a curse. This man that they received from God, man-child, became a curse. Curse on the face of the earth to all those who would seek. Curse for his parents, curse for his family, curse wherever he goes, wherever he would go, the curse will be on him. May God help us. To understand the depths of it. And God's curse will come. No man can bear that. God will forgive. And God will provide a way. But always 
desire God's blessing, don't put yourself in a place where God's curse will come upon you or your family. If you do well, God will have a regard for you and God will have a regard for what you give. If you don't do well, sin will wait at your door and its desire will get stronger to devour you. And somehow you have to somehow fight. Do not be mastered by that sin, only to find yourself devoured by that sin that you entertained and you let in. That anger became murder and made him a curse. From being a blessing, he became a curse. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. The focus on one's own self all the time is not a good thing. Our focus has to be Jesus. Why we live, it must be settled. The reason why we live has to be because God made me to fulfill His purpose, period. Why we worship Him, because it's a privilege that God has given to me to worship Him, period. Why we give to Him, because it's an honor that God has given. And it's a command that God has given in order to bless me, period. Why should we live holy? Because it's the way of the cross. It's the way of God Almighty. Because He is holy. We are His children. We should be holy. Period. And all those who do unrighteous things are imitating and reflecting and resembling Satan. That's why we should be holy. When we're not holy, we become a resemblance of Satan. Very important. Those who love God and walk with Him will bear His image. That means the work for the flesh will have no power in their lives. Their focus will be not me, my, I. There'll be Jesus. Though he was God, he did not consider it to be robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation and he took the form of a servant, humbled himself all the way to the death of the cross. This is the mark of a believer to do the same thing that Jesus did. Anything else is a resemblance of Satan. We must understand that there should be no room for Cain's spirit in the life of any believer in this church. No room. Otherwise, just like how God put a mark on Cain, everybody will stay. When they see the person, they carry the curse of God. Right there. Yeah, he was in this world. God didn't kill him, no. He said, you're going to walk around with a curse on your head. May God help us 
to do that which is right before God so that sin won't lay at the door so that we can live a life of peace and life of blessing before God Almighty shall we pray thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit thank you for speaking to our hearts at this hour your love is so great Lord your love is so great even to Cain who didn't do that was right before you you came and told him how to fix it that's what you're doing in our midst whatever area that we fall short whatever area that needs to be fixed you're so kind you come and you tell us what we need to do to fix it so that we live and not die so that we stay in your blessing and not inherit the curse oh I thank you Lord for your love thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus 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 thank you for bringing evil oh Lord his life even the New Testament what he did though he died didn't go unnoticed by you you brought him all the way to the New Testament and you put his name in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as the first person to be mentioned among the heroes of faith what an honor you gave Abel Lord he had a short life but he lived it well he earned a reputation that can never be erased he pleased God his focus was God it was not on himself his focus was God Almighty his heart was pure and his offering was accepted and you had regard for him and what he gave and you brought him all the way to Hebrews chapter 11 and you placed him as a first name in your list of heroes of faith hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus 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 for witness that you said though he is dead he still speaks hallelujah may our lives be like that Lord may our lives be like that whatever time you have for us on earth may we please you and obtain a righteous testimony from you oh Lord that God testifying through his gifts that he got a good testimony good testimony from God that he was not about himself he was about God his heart was so pure he really believed and therefore he showed by his action that he really believed and though he was gone yet his life speaks even to this day 
And you said, I'm going to place them as the first one in my book, in the New Testament, so all people can read. That Abel is not someone who stood for righteousness, and because he stood for righteousness, he died, and that's it. Abel was gone no more. No. Hallelujah. God honored him when he was alive and God honored him after he was gone gave him an eternal name in heaven and on earth hallelujah thank you Lord may we live like that Jesus I pray that you make every single person in our church like that Lord that no one give themselves over to the spirit of Cain that no one become so brazen so bold to not fear you to do your command let no one come to your presence in an unworthy manner let no one live an unrepentant life and thereby be devoured by the very sin they allow to continue. So I pray, Heavenly Father, for your work of sanctification to continue in the lives of your people, that each may examine themselves in the presence of God to see which sin they have allowed to continue and to take control over it by thoroughly repenting before God Almighty and bringing the fruit unto repentance so that the sin may not lie at their door so that the sin may not bring God's curse upon their lives that they may become people who repent and do that which is right before God that God may have regard for them because of what they've done before you to fix it thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. I pray that you will continue to minister to your people. As many cry over generation curse, without even realizing the amount of curse they bring upon themselves. I pray. May this word that you have given this day open the eyes of your people so that they can prevent what they can prevent by fixing what they should fix so that God can have mercy and do what God alone can do. So with this blessing I bless your people with that each one may become pleasing to God like how Abel was pleasing to God. That they may fix whatever they need to to fix before it becomes too late that they may live a righteous life before you so that they can be blessed by the blessings that you have spoken in Deuteronomy 21 and not go under any curse that you have spoken O Lord in the very same place or get any new ones by despising God and his words that he has given that every single person over here 
may do that which is pleasing to God and thereby live righteous life and obtain everything that the Lord has for them with this blessing I bless your people with for this is your desire for your people and for every single one in this church and according to your desires so be it O God may every single one walk in this promise by living a life that is pleasing to God by bringing fruit unto repentance in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen Praise God Deuteronomy 29 let's hear this because just as God spoke to Cain he spoke to Israel and Moses told them from God that today you're entering into a covenant with God know what you're doing verse 18 of Deuteronomy 29 I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you no one in this church no man woman clan or tribe that means you your relatives whoever belongs to this church will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations and so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. And so we heard that serpent spirit came, the Cain spirit became bitter and, and tried to spread that poison. In Hebrews chapter 12 we see the same thing. Lest any root of bitterness come among you and begin to spread that. Notice the next verse. Those who hear the warnings of this curse should not congratulate themselves thinking, I'm safe even though I'm following the desires of my own stubborn heart. This would lead to utter destruction, devastation, ruin. The Lord will never pardon such people because Cain was very presumptuous in the grace of God when God spoke to him. This morning, we have a choice either to come on God's side good side or to be under his wrath notice who God is speaking to his people who he brought through the Red Sea his own people so he's speaking to the church he said I will never pardon God is forgiving but certain things and certain people will never forgive why because they presume upon his grace repeatedly and they actually defy God they're in delusion and they want to spread that delusion and poison people with bitterness. While the message is going on, and even afterwards, there is the Cain spirit that says, well, I'm not that bad. Let's look at the next person. I'm just going to finish reading this section here, and we can pray. The Lord will never pardon such people. Instead, his anger and jealousy will burn against them. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that God is jealous in a bad sense. He's talking about his name. He said, I put my name on you. I've saved you. And you're not afraid when I'm telling you that you're in danger? But rather, you're listening to that same serpent again and saying, I'm safe. This doesn't faze me. I can pick up the phone and call my friend. I can make my plans today. Self-delusion. 
so that it may not happen, verse 19, when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. There's a distinction between people who are sober and people who are drunks. But somehow, the Christian community, as Christ Scriba said earlier, everybody's equal. The great equalizer is not death. The great equalizer is delusion in the eyes of the deluded. That everybody's the same. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We all need God's love. As we heard the other day, as long as God sees the blood on the door of your heart, everything's safe. Never mind that you let serpents in there. The Lord would not spare him. Verse 20 of Deuteronomy 29. For then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy would burn against that man. And every curse that is written in this book would settle on him and the Lord would blot out his name from under heaven. Can't get any clearer than that. And the fear of God should grip our hearts. When I read this or I hear this, I'm afraid of God in a healthy way so that I fix myself if there's anything wrong. May the Lord help us to have a good day, to live the good life today. What is the good life? As we heard at the closing of the message this morning, the good life is a life of blessing and peace for those who would stop that cursed behavior of looking at the next person, blaming the next person, and say, Lord, it's me. And I'm not going to have a pity party and find people to cry with me. I'm going to get right with you. Whatever it takes, Lord. The Lord will hear. Praise God. Let's pray. Whoever would like to pray, please go ahead and pray.